you're listening to the Travel Geniuses Podcast for travel agents who love planning vacations for their clients, but wish the business side of things was just a little bit easier. This is episode 18, and we're talking about gold because, you know, it's January. Travel Genius is Christy here. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the podcast. Um, I have a favor to ask you about this one. I am leaving in just a couple of days for a cruise. You probably have experienced this too. The week or two before you have a trip planned, everything falls apart. Everybody comes out of the woodwork needing something from you, and um, there's never enough time to get everything done. So in addition to all the extra work you're trying to do to prepare, you know, not just pack and stuff for the trip, but make sure all your work is handled while you're gone and all of that stuff. So it's been a really crazy couple of weeks and I'm doing this at the last minute and I just don't have enough time or the time I normally would spend editing this podcast. So I want to know if you guys notice or not and if if it's bothersome because if you're okay with a few extra ums and uhs and um, me maybe stumbling on my words a little bit, if you're okay with that, I would really rather save myself a couple hours every episode and not have to spend as much time editing. I'll still edit, of course, but if I can cut it from three hours to one, <laughs> because I'm, I spend a little too much time editing these. If I can cut it from two hours down to one and still have a podcast that you guys enjoy, that would really make my life a lot easier. And it would allow me to publish more podcasts every month as well. Eventually, I will hire that out. So it won't always be a problem. But right now, it's not something I'm quite ready to do. So let me know if you could send me an email, please don't leave um, reviews saying that I said um too many times on iTunes. Just shoot me an email at christy at travelgeniuses.com and let me know if it wasn't as enjoyable because it wasn't as cleanly edited. I know, I, I, I don't blame you. I'm not going to feel bad and I, I won't be annoyed with anybody who says that they prefer a little more polished episode because I have listened to some where people just ramble on and on and there's all kinds of weird noises and things and it's hard for me to listen. I think because my brain just goes too quickly or in too many different directions. So I need things really focused in order for me to learn from something. So anyway, my point is I don't care. My feelings will not be hurt if you say you prefer it a little more edited. But I just want to know because I don't want to spend that extra two hours per episode if it really doesn't affect the quality and affect whether or not you get something out of the episode. So that's that. And now today's episode, we're going to talk about goals, which I know. Oh, that was my Alexa. <laughs> I must have. Oops, sorry. No, Alexa, stop. Um, I must have said something that sounded like her name. <laughs> she who. Sh- sh- Alexa, stop. Okay, so today we're talking about goals. <laughs> oh boy, you guys are in trouble if I leave all this stuff in. Today we're talking about goals, which I really didn't want to talk about at the beginning of the year. Everybody talks about goals at the beginning of the year, and it's so typical, and I hate being typical, and I hate doing the same thing everybody else does over, you know, just being the same as everyone else. But it's really on my mind a lot lately because everybody's talking about it maybe, And I've learned some really good tricks that have helped me with some of my goals. And I'm still, this is still a work in progress for me. But 
um, I'm seeing myself make a lot more progress towards things I want to work on. This podcast, for instance, um, this is episode 18, I believe, and I am just honestly so excited and a little bit shocked that I'm still doing this because there have been a lot of things in my life that I've wanted to do. And I'm really good at coming up with ideas. And one of my friends actually told me this one time, she's like, you're great at ideas, but you're not so great at follow through. And I haven't always been very good at follow through with some of my ideas. So the fact that I am still going strong with this podcast on episode 18, I think I had heard that um, most die out around episode three or five or something like that. So the fact that I'm still doing this uh, is really encouraging for me. And that is thanks in large part to all of you who have reached out to me and left reviews on iTunes and sent me emails and joined my Facebook group and told me how much you're really enjoying this podcast. Um, That really, if it wasn't for those, honestly, I probably wouldn't still be doing this because it would feel like a pointless task, but I'm enjoying it and I'm getting a lot of great feedback that you guys are really getting something useful out of this. So anyway, part of that okay, is the feedback from you guys, but also some of this goal setting stuff that uh, I've been working on. So I just wanted to share a few things with you that have helped me a little bit of a system, but it's not a complete system, but just some tips and things that might help you um, work towards your goals. So I want to start by talking about thinking about your big long term goals. And I don't actually really believe that those are beneficial. So like your five-year plan and your three-year plan, those are kind of a waste of time. And I don't know why anybody asks you to do that because how are you supposed to know what your life is going to look like or what you're going to want in three years or five years? Even with your business, you may have an idea of what you want your business to look like in three years, but you're going to learn so much in that time and things technology-wise and you know, with travel are going to change. So you really have no, you could make a plan of what you want your business to look like in five years and make a plan to get there. And then in a year, something changes, you learn something new, you have a new interest and a new direction you want to take your business. And that whole, all that time you spent making that plan and working towards it and thinking about it has just been wasted. So I don't, I just don't believe in, those super long-term plans. It's okay to have a bit of an idea of where you want to go, but I don't think you need to sit and make a bunch of goals for a five-year plan. What I do think you should do is think about desires. And I know I spoke about this before in episode four, when I talked about creating a business you love. This is something that I've learned from Danielle Laporte. Um, She has a book called Desire Maps, and I will link to this in the show notes at travelgeniuses.com slash episode 18. It's a really good book, but the audiobook is my favorite because she just has this way of speaking that's very calming and just pulls you in. But either one will work, the audiobook and the paper book. But she talks about desires and thinking about what your desires are for your life. This is a different concept and not one that's really talked about a whole lot. So I want to share mine with you just so you can kind of get an idea of what this means, not what you want it to look like, but how you want it to feel. How do you want your life to feel? And how do you want your business to feel? How do you want your relationships to feel? This can apply to anything in your life. 
Now, what I want, I want to feel peaceful and fun and calm and creative. I want to feel excellent, like I'm doing excellent work. I want kindness and honesty and ease. I want things to be easy. I don't want to have to claw and scrape to get by or to achieve the things I want. And um, so that's what I want my life and my business to feel like. And here's how knowing this helps. If I get an idea for some great addition to my business, but it won't be fun or creative, maybe it involves um, going on business trips every week, say two nights away from home, just sitting in meetings and stuff every week. Now, I love to travel, but I don't want to do that kind of travel. Um, I would maybe like that a little bit, but not every single week. That's not the life I want. It's not fun. It doesn't feel peaceful. It doesn't feel calming or creative. It just really doesn't match up with anything on my list. So that is a business opportunity that although it could increase my income and get my name out there more and help move me towards my financial goals, it's not going to move me any closer to what I really want for my life. And that is what's more important. Now, I can only speak for myself, but I did I didn't understand this whole concept of desires or um, how I want my life to feel, but I did learn, kind of realize several years ago that I'm just not really motivated by financial goals. Like I would, every time you come up with an idea or I did, it seemed natural and everybody's talking about financial goals. So I was immediately like thinking about how much money I could make. And, and then I just wasn't interested anymore because that's not what I want. But when I think about ideas now and think about how fun it will be and how creative and how I can really work on all the little details. Um, Spoiler alert here, someday, someday I would like to do some uh, sort of weekend retreats and maybe some field trips to other countries and things with you guys. And I love thinking about all the little surprises I can build in and all the extra things that I can add to it to help you use the experience to grow your business. So those kinds of things get me really excited. When I think about the money behind it, yes, I need to make money. Um, Yes, I want to make money, but that's not my big motivation. My motivation and what gets me excited about an idea and keeps me motivated, like this podcast, for instance, is the feelings I get from it, not the money. So this isn't really a goal. These desires, they're not really goals that you're working towards as much as just a filter that you're running your goals through to make sure that they really are the right things to help you get where you want to be in your life and with your business. So you can kind of think of them as a compass. And recently I was listening to a podcast. I will link to it in here for you. It was uh, Steph Crowder. And she was talking about how if humans are lost in the woods and you're trying to walk in a straight line, we tend to walk in a circle without even realizing it. We're just going around and around in circles, um, thinking that we're going in a straight line to get out of the forest. (laughs) But if you have a compass with you, you can constantly with every step or every few steps look down to make sure that you're still going in the direction you need to go to get out. So your desires and these big overall things that you want for your life, those you can think of like your life compass or your business compass. They're the things that guide you anytime you're trying to decide um, what you should do and what direction you should go in, do a like a gut check, pull out those 
desires or those feelings you want for your life and see if that's going to contribute to that at all. And if it isn't, then don't do it. So the first step in all of this is just to spend some time really thinking about what you want your life and your business to feel like. And you can check out, as I said, Danielle's book or the audiobook. I'll also add a few links in the show notes to some resources or some lists that a couple people have come up with, with some core desired feelings. So that'll kind of help you brainstorm and give you some ideas if you're struggling to come up with some of your own. Okay, now let's get into the goal section of this podcast, which is what you're here for in the first place. So there are several types of goals. But what I'm going to talk about today and use as examples are financial goals, just because that's more relevant to your business, which is the whole point of this podcast. You've probably already heard of SMART goals and SMART goals is just an acronym that people use when they're helping teach people how to set goals. And SMART stands for specific, measurable, actionable, sorry, actionable, realistic, and time bound. So I'll give you a brief overview of what those mean and then I'll go a little deeper into one of them. So for specific, you wouldn't say I want to earn more money next year because that's just too broad of a statement. It doesn't really give you anything to shoot for. But if you say, I want to earn 100,000 next year, that's a very specific goal. Um, You could also say, I want to get 10 new clients next year. And again, that's a very specific goal too. Measurable is pretty easy when it comes to financial goals because you can measure money. So this just means that you have to be able to track it and measure it so you can see how close you're getting to that goal, track your progress along the way, things like that. Actionable just means make it actionable. You want to start with an action verb. So like get, do, earn, things like that. Just avoid being verbs. So be, have, am. And so being a successful travel agent doesn't work, but earning 100,000 next year does. So with these top three, really, if you have a specific goal, it's probably going to be measurable and actionable. So these three all kind of are lumped together. So the R stands for realistic. And this is really the one I want to talk about today. Because this is really the thing that I've gotten wrong most of my life. You probably hear a lot of people talk about setting a stretch goal, and they'll tell you things like aim for the stars and dream big. And I've done that. And it really never works out for me. And if you listen to the last episode, you might know why. It's because these weren't realistic goals, at least not in my mind. So in the last episode, episode 17, I talked a lot about mindset. And I mentioned that if you don't really believe that you can do this thing you're wanting to do, that you're not going to try as hard. It makes it almost impossible to achieve something that you don't believe is possible. You'll miss opportunities that are in front of you because you're not expecting to see any opportunities for things that'll help you reach your goal, you're more likely to give up when you come upon obstacles because it's just confirmation that you were right. This was a terrible idea. I knew it wasn't going to work anyway. See, here's proof. Whereas if you believe it, you'll just be like, okay, this way didn't work or here's this thing. How do I get around it? Let's say you want to earn $100,000 per year. So that's your goal is to next year earn $100,000. And I don't know if that's high or low for you. I'm just picking it because it's a nice round number and I'm not really great at math. Now, let's say you made $25,000 in your business last year. Is earning $100,000 next year a realistic goal? It could be. Um, It absolutely could be. You could definitely increase your income by $75,000 in a year. 
The real question is, do you think it's realistic? You have to do some soul searching here. And sometimes it's really hard to differentiate between what you really hope and want to be true versus what you really believe in your gut is true. Now, I have a little cheat that I think will help you, and it's setting good, better, and best goals. Now, your good goal is something you'd be really happy with. It's not, You're pretty sure you can do it, um, but it's still an improvement to where you are now. So you can't do it in your sleep, but you're almost 100% sure you can achieve it. Your better goal will be something that's a little more of a stretch. You'd be super excited if you achieved it, but you know you're going to have to work a little harder. You're pretty sure you can do it, but you're not as sure. You're not close to 100. Maybe you're 75% sure, 50% sure you can achieve this one. Now your best goal is something that would just blow your mind if you did it and you'd like achieve this goal and think, oh my gosh, I absolutely cannot believe I just did that. Like I never thought that would happen. This would be one of those things when you would say, if this could happen for me, anybody can do it. Like if I can do this, anybody can. It's that kind of a, you know, like something you, maybe you think you can do it, but oh gosh, it would just take a bunch of miracles to make it happen. So that's the good, better, best goals. And setting good, better, best goals for each goal that you have helps keep you motivated to work because you know you're not wasting your time because you're pretty sure you can reach that good goal. And you might even be able to achieve the best goal. So you're working really hard to do that. And sometimes just by doing that without even realizing it because you've been putting in so much effort, you've set yourself up to reach that best goal. And that's why it it keeps you from getting discouraged. Because if you keep setting a best goal, something that first of all, you don't really think you can achieve, and then you keep not achieving things. I'll be honest, I've spent a lot of years really thinking that there was something wrong with me. Like I was missing some gene or some brain chemical or something that all these people were doing these great things around me. And I knew I was smart enough I knew I knew what I had to do. I just for some reason could not reach them. And I think part of that was seeing over and over and over again where I had set these big goals for myself and didn't reach them. And that's just really discouraging and kind of defeating. So by having good, better, best, you still have this pie in the sky, like this ultimate go for the stars goal. But then you also have some achievable goals in there. So you're not feeling like a failure at all. And you do want to make sure that you're good goal is good. It's got to be more than what you're doing right now. Don't set something that you can do without even putting in any extra effort. Make it a little bit, you know, you have to work for it, but I know if I work towards this, I can do it. So here's an example. Um, I'm not going to give a financial example because I'm just doing this off the top of my head. I, I didn't plan to do this, so I didn't think for in advance. But let's say you, well, here's one. I'll give you my goal for this podcast. So a good goal would be getting a podcast episode once a month. Actually, that's not even very good goal. I'm sure I can do that. A good goal would be two episodes a month. Okay. So that's my good goal. My better goal would be two episodes a month, but every two weeks on the dot. So I've been shooting for every Wednesday releasing an episode. Um, and I'm recording this right now on Wednesday night. So that's 100% not going to happen this month. But I think I can get it out tomorrow on Thursday. Um, so that would be my better goal. And my best goal, what I would really like to do in an ideal world, I would like to get this podcast out once a week. So have four episodes a month. And I just with my life and I have a 
you know, work I need to do and family I need to deal with. So not deal with in a bad way, but just family stuff going on. Um, I just sometimes can't get it done. And like I said, in the beginning of this, this week, this month, I've been prepping for this trip. I have a couple of trips coming up. So um, things are just even worse right now for me. So I mean, I didn't get it done, but you know what? I'm still getting this podcast episode out this week. And I know I have one almost ready to go two weeks from now when I'll be out of town. So that's kind of how those work. And it it keeps me from, if I had set a goal, and I teach this for blogging too, I'm totally getting off track here, but I teach this for blogging too. Everybody has this idea that they need to publish a blog post every week. And that's just not realistic for some people. And if you shoot for that and you can't do it, and then you think, well, I'm not even getting it out once a week. Why even bother putting any blog posts out at all? That's very defeating to feel that way. So that's how these good, better, best goals can really help you achieve your goals and feel good about it. If you only achieve, when I say only, I shouldn't, if you achieve your good goal, celebrate that. Like that's a really good accomplishment. You did something you set out to do. And a lot of times, like with financial goals, that could be an increase from what you were doing before. If you're making $25,000 a year right now, and you set a good goal to increase that by $10,000, that's an extra, if that's your good goal, and that's quote unquote, all you do, that's the only goal you reach, that's still an extra $10,000 a year. And I don't know about you, but I would be really excited about that. And it's totally doable. Um, You'd still have to work for it, but it's probably something that you could absolutely do. And you'd still be really excited about it. Now, your better goal then could be 50000 and that's an additional 25000 which is doubling what you were making before. And it's still really exciting to earn, but still really doable. It's not quite as big of a jump as $100,000. <laughs> and then your best goal, 100000 to go from twenty five to hundred, that would definitely be a pinch me, I'm dreaming experience to do that in one year, but it has happened for other people. So it absolutely could happen to you. You'll just have to work a little harder, plan a little better, you know, try some things and be brave sometimes and do some things that are maybe a little scary, but it's still something that has happened for other people and definitely could happen for you too. All right. So we've got specific, measurable, actionable, realistic. And T stands for time bound, which just means you're setting a time limit or a date when you want to have something done. So by the end of the year, within this quarter, every month, something like that. So you want to um, set just a time. So it's not like someday. So if you don't feel like doing it today or working towards it today, you don't have to because you literally have the rest of your life. So you want to constraint on your goal. All right. So, so far we have thought about how we want to feel about our life and our business and are going to use those feelings that we want to have as a compass to guide us as we're setting goals and making decisions about our business and our life. Um, And then we've set some SMART goals. And with those SMART goals, we've split them into good, better, best goals so that we have some realistic things to work towards and some stretch goals too. But not in a way that's going to make us feel defeated or like we can't achieve anything if we don't reach those best goals. Now, if I ended this podcast here and just said, okay, now you've set some goals, go do it. Um, This is probably where you would start thinking, okay, I need to increase my marketing. I need to get better on Instagram so I can find new clients. I need to send out newsletters to my existing clients, things like that. You'd probably start coming up with a plan and come up with all these marketing things to do to 
get more business and start earning more money. But before you do that, I want to have you break them down a little further so that you're doing the right things and not all the things. So I'm going to kind of walk you through this a little bit. And we're going to do this with the good goal of 35,000 a year. So we're going to earn an extra 10,000 a year, except I'm going to change it to 36,000 a year so that I can do the math. Now, the first thing you want to do is break that down a little further. So figure out how many or how much you would have to earn every month or even every week, if that's better for you. But how much would you have to earn every month in order to reach that 36,000 a year goal? And now you can see why I changed it to 36 instead of 35. So if we're doing it monthly, that's $3,000 a month that you would have to earn to reach the goal of earning $36,000 a year. So $3,000 a month is really quite doable and feels a lot better than 36,000 a year too, but it really is just $3,000 a month. Now, how many vacations will you have to sell to reach that monthly goal? Now, this all depends on what you sell, what your commission is. Um, if you're selling cruises that are about $1,000 a couple or $500 a person for a cruise at a 10% commission, and now I know most of you earn more than that on your cruise bookings, but remember, I don't math very well, so we're just going to keep it easy and pretend it's 10%. Um, you'll make $100 per booking on that. And you'll need to sell 30 each month to reach your goal. I don't know about you, but that's a lot. And remember up there at the beginning of this podcast, when I talked about desires and your life compass, here's where that comes into play. Can you book that many? Can you book 30 cruises every month, like new cruises every single month and keep up with the maintenance and phone calls for all the bookings that you've already booked that haven't traveled yet? And if everybody books close in, let's say everybody's booking a month before their trip, um, you will have to book that 30 a month, but you'll also have to keep in touch with another 30 bookings, like that, not just the initial bookings, but all the upkeep and maintenance on those from the time they book till the time they leave. If people are booking two months out, that's 60 clients that you're juggling. And granted, most of them won't need a lot of handholding at that point, but that's still 60 clients that you're trying to juggle. If they book three months out, that's 90. Like that really adds up. And does that line up with the desires you have for your life? That absolutely does doesn't line up for mine. 100% sure. I do not want to be scrambling to try and keep up with 30, 60, 90 or more clients every month and fielding phone calls from all of them and monitoring their airfare and all that stuff that goes along with it. So we definitely don't want that, right? That sounds like a nightmare. So now just ask yourself how many bookings you really want to work on each month. And let's just say six, six new bookings each month. That's six bookings that you have to close. And of course, the maintenance on the others that are coming up and haven't traveled yet. But imagine if you only had six bookings every month, and could really spend your time with them and help plan amazing vacations for just six people. Now I'm using a cruise. I don't know why I even used a cruise as the example. But um, that's a pretty low maintenance and fairly easy booking to do. But if you have FITs, I mean, six FITs, if they're the right kind could still take up quite a bit of time. And maybe that's even more than you want. But again, math. So we're just going to go with six today. Um, if you only want six new bookings each month, that's the most you want to do. What would you have to make per booking in order to make $3,000 a month? you'd have to earn $500 in commission per booking, which is roughly $5,000 per booking as far as the cost to the client 
or $2,500 per person if it's a couple. And that's really doable. So now think about your niche and where they travel to and what kinds of packages that they'd be interested in that would cost $5,000 a booking or would earn you $500 in commission. So that could be a decent cruise, maybe a contemporary cruise with a suite or a mid-level cruise. It could be a 10-day trip to Hawaii in a suite and a luxury resort, um, a decent mid-level FIT to Europe, a lower-end African safari. All of those things, honestly, I'm probably lowballing this. All of those things would earn you I'm sure at least $5,000 per booking, if not more. And you guys, again, that's so doable. And even if you all you want is just one new booking a week, if that's the goal you want to shoot for, that's still just $10,000 per booking that you need to sell. So think about that. What kinds of vacations would the people in your niche be interested in that would hit that 10000 mark? And remember, I'm using Christy math here. So your commission levels might be a bit higher than what I am using for these examples. But just go through this process and think about how many bookings you want per month, how much each booking needs to be worth in order to earn you the commission to make your monthly goal. And then for your better and best goals, just increase that number of bookings per week, increase the dollar amount per booking. Um, Maybe ask your travelers if they have any friends or family members who would like to travel with them. And that works. That will increase your per booking revenue. Um, I know agents who have done this and they just make it a habit to ask every couple or every trip they book. They say, do you have any friends and family who might want to go on this with you? And it's not really something people even think about. And by just asking that, they might get another couple or two to go on the same trip. And that doubles or triples your commission for the same amount of work, basically. You could even choose a more expensive destination to specialize in. So if you sell tropical destinations, maybe the Caribbean or Hawaii, expand and start specializing in the South Pacific. That's a higher dollar trip and will attract clients that are able and willing to spend more money on their trips or just really focus on the resorts and hotels in those destinations that are more expensive and bring in more commission. You could also try to find a Pied Piper in your niche and start booking groups. So there's lots of ways, just brainstorm all of the ways you can reach this goal, always keeping in mind what you want your life and business to look like. So always run these ideas through that filter. Okay, so now let's recap uh, what we've talked about in this episode or the steps we're taking to set these goals. So the first thing we did was thought about our core desired feelings and what we want our life and our business to feel like at the end of the day, because really what's the point of reaching big lofty goals if you just end up with a life and a business that you hate and you dread Monday morning because you don't like your work anymore? That's not what we're trying to accomplish here. So first, make sure you figure out how you want to feel and what you want your life to feel like, and then use that as a compass and a filter to put everything else through to make sure it's going to help you achieve that. And then we started with SMART goals. So that's specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, and time-based. Then we broke those down. And to make sure that they're realistic and something we believe in, we broke them down into good, better, and best goals so that we can start with something that is achievable and that we know we can do if we put a little work into it. But we also have something big and exciting to work towards too. So you never know, maybe you'll get that. (laughs) Um, Then we did the math, which is not my favorite part, but this wasn't too bad. Um, you just have to figure out how many bookings you need and how much you need to earn per booking. 
and then come up with ways to increase that too. So I gave you some good examples, but I'm sure you can do some brainstorming and come up with even more ways to increase your bookings or the value of each booking. And now it's time to make it happen. So now's when you get to go in there and figure out how you're going to find those clients that want those trips that are going to help you reach your goals. And I do have that worksheet that I've created. It's actually a workbook, um, the one page marketing plan workbook. You can find that at travelgeniuses.com slash one page marketing plan. And I will link to that in the show notes too. And I think that will help you. It doesn't tell you the specific like how to do Facebook and things like that, but it helps you think through your niche and your specialty and what the best marketing plan will be as far as getting attention of the right clients and then how to keep their attention and keep their focus on you so that you're front and center when they're ready to go on vacation. I hope this has been helpful to you. All of these things I've talked about have really been things that have helped me make, as I said, a lot of progress on my goals this last year. And I'm hoping that they'll help you too. If you have any follow-up questions or something's not clear, pop in on the Facebook group. It's travelgeniuses.com slash Facebook. And I will um, be looking for questions. Keep in mind, I will be traveling and there is Wi-Fi on the ship, but I'm guessing it's going to be pretty slow. So I might be slow to respond over the next week or two. Um, But do pop in there and ask questions and maybe somebody else in the group can help you as well. But I will do my best to pop in at least every couple of days and see if there are any questions. I've got some really great interviews coming up. Um, Emily Matris and I, Emily from Bon Vivant Copy, she's been on recently. Uh, We just talk about all of our pet peeves when it comes to travel agent websites, all the things that frustrate us. And then I had a really great conversation with Sylvia Longmire from Spin the Globe Travel. She makes some amazing, amazing travel videos. And you'll be shocked when you find out how she does it and what equipment she uses and how many people help her. You're absolutely going to be blown away. I was and I can't wait to share that one with you. Like, really, really can't wait. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Make sure you check out those episodes. Uh, Keep an eye out for them because you're not going to want to miss those. And that's it for this episode, you guys. Uh, Have a great week and I'll catch you next time.